Welcome to another episode of Ball Court, and this one is going to be for the ladies. Yes, Women's History Month edition, right here on Ball Court. Welcome to another episode of Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And yes, the world right now is celebrating Women's History Month. So we're going to go ahead and do the same thing, and we're going to join in, and we want to go ahead and celebrate, you know, Women's History Month and the whole nine. So this this episode is going to be very uh, focused around the ladies. As a matter of fact, we're going to start off with our topics speaking about the ladies. Now, in the world of basketball, we all know that some things aren't quite equal, such as um, with um, WNBA players and NBA players. Now, WNBA players, during their offseason from the WNBA, they make the bulk of their income playing overseas. And that is no, uh, Brittany Griner is no exception to that. As a matter of fact, Brittany Griner was actually playing in Russia. And we all know what's going on in Russia right now with that, with the huge war between them and Ukraine, with them invading Ukraine. So just to let you know, and this blew my mind to hear it, Brittany Griner was actually arrested and detained for uh, carrying a small amount of hashish. They said that they had drugs on her while she was arrested. But in my opinion, it does not seem as if that was the reason. I think that she was actually being arrested as a uh, bargaining tool with Russia right now to try and uh, ease up the tensions and the sanctions that's going against them. I feel that this is actually not the direction that we want, you know, because once, um, don't get me wrong, I definitely feel that... Uh, athletes should have a voice in the political field and in political events but at the same point in time I do not feel that they should be held as collateral for uh, for political things and and uh, and wars of this nature so right here this is this sets a bad precedent and the, what makes it look worse, it does highlight the fact that Brittany Griner, as well as many others like Jackie Young um, and many others are playing overseas to help make ends meet. So we take a look at the WNBA or the NBA on a whole because that's the you know parent company. We take a look and we could clearly see that they have enough. There is enough equity, there is enough money to go around to actually benefit these uh, players, to give them that extra 200, 300,000 that they are lacking to have to go overseas and put themselves in a predicament of this nature. When I take a look at the NBA players on their off season, outside of being in the gym and grinding to get better, they get the time to spend with their family, get the time to vacation. They get the time to travel the world at their leisure. But uh, the WNBA players, it seems to me that during their offseason, they have to grind even more. They have to work even harder while staying in the gym to get better for the following season. And then they have to turn around and instead of traveling the world with their families at their leisure, they have to travel the world with their teams and try and help earn extra income just so they can make ends meet to live the professional athlete lifestyle. Now, there were some big steps that was made in soccer with... Uh, you know, with the ladies receiving equal pay going forward, but still, there's still a lot of steps that left to be done. And one of the things that we could have done 
here on our home soil to go ahead and prevent this incident with Brittany Griner was uh, pretty much pay her. That's it, pay her. I'm saying they're literally sharing arenas, sharing locker rooms, sharing the same roads as people who are getting paid millions and millions of dollars. And you're talking about maxing out one of the top players at 500000 Now, in, in she, she plays for the Phoenix Mercury. So in that Phoenix area, 500000 doesn't even get you a decent home. Think about that. I just want you to think about that. One year NBA salary, they're buying a house for their mom, their baby mom, and themselves. But with uh, WNBA players, they're barely able to buy a house. That that kind of blows my mind. And, you know what I'm saying? Fingers crossed for Brittany Griner. I, I want to make sure that everything, you know, thoughts and prayers going out to her. Want to make sure everything's all right. We will stay. We will stay upon this. You might see a you know a little article, or I might drop a video snippet once I find out you know what's going on a little bit further. But we definitely want to make sure that she's safe and she makes a safe and healthy return back home. All right. Next, let's go ahead and jump in. I have to give big shout outs to Kyrie. Yes. Yes, that Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Yes. The reason why. Check this. For about a year and a half or so, you know, he's been actually without any representation. Now, going into this uh, this off season, right now, he's uh, he, he's gonna he's looking at not being a free agent, but he's looking at uh, deciding if he's gonna go ahead and take his option on his contract. So, he definitely wants to be represented by somebody who could test the waters and take a look around. Now, here's what Kyrie did: instead of hiring one of the high-powered agents. And, or running back to Rock Nation, he went ahead and hired, and I gotta go ahead and give it a shout out for this. He hired his stepmother, uh, Shatilia Riley Irvin, as his new agent, right? Now, she's currently, she's believed to currently be the only black woman that's represented an active NBA player right now. So, big props to her, you know what I'm saying? We gotta give a shout out to her, because that in itself right there is making women's history every day you know and so we definitely want to give props to her but also props to Kyrie Irving for going against the grain for understanding that you know saying there is power and there, there, there's power in having somebody that having a black woman in your corner is there's a lot of power in that so going into these negotiations I've I could clearly see that um and especially with it being his stepmother as well, I can clearly see that his best interest is going to be represented at that table, whether he's there or not. And as an athlete and as a, as a player on a whole, that's what you want from your representation is that they're going to be showing your best interest at heart. So big shout outs, big shout outs to Kyrie Irving, but bigger shout outs to Shatilia. Uh, Riley Irvin on uh, making some big moves. Hopefully, this is something. This is kind of I, I. I want this to be kind of like a uh, uh, like a LeBron situation where he put on where he put his boy on. Now he's the number one agent, and uh, um, Rich Paul is the number one agent right now in the NBA. So hopefully, this could be a situation where Shatilia Riley Irvin is going to start picking up a lot more players and, you know, she become one of the biggest agents in the NBA. And I think that would be a huge move. As as well as with her knowing how things work on the NBA side and how to work with the... Um, and how to work with the owners to get what they want on the NBA side. I think that she could be very essential to help build it on the WNBA side as well if she is representing any WNBA athletes. 
All right. Another thing, another thing, I just got to go ahead and, I because I'm excited about this. I don't know if you're excited, but I'm excited about this. The WNBA, and this goes to show exactly what I was speaking about in the first uh, story when we were speaking about Brittany Griner and the fact that the NBA has the funds. WNBA announces Disney Networks is going to, uh, the Brit Disney Network broadcast schedule. So outside of now being on CBS, and of course, we know that ESPN, being a Disney Network, ESPN has been pretty much one of the uh, staples for the WNBA since its inception. You know, but now they, they're going to be on CBS, is going to be on a the whole Disney uh, conglomerate, ESPN, ABC, um, ESPN2, and they're going to have a broadcast schedule. Now, it kicks off on Saturday, May 7th. All right, now that's going to be, I, I, I'm going to like that one because... The MVP, the reigning MVP, John Paul Jones is going to be playing with Tawana uh, Bonner is going to be out there. Brianna Jones is going to be out there. And the Connecticut Sun is going to be going against the New York Liberty. Now, if anybody know about the New York Liberty, they know about Sabrina Ionesco. She's, she's cold pretty much. The, uh, pretty much she was uh, one of Kobe's mentors. I mean, one of Kobe's mentees that was uh, following under Kobe and learning that Mamba mentality, and she is absolutely cold. Now, her last uh, her last season was kind of marred due to injury, so this is going to be a big event on the 7th of uh, May, so definitely. It's 6 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Eastern Time, so if y'all, if you out here on the West Coast with me, you definitely want to go ahead and stop everything you're doing that afternoon at 3 o'clock, sit down and watch that game, because that's going to be a big one. I, I'm I, me, myself, I'm excited about seeing it. I'm excited about seeing all of these things that's happening with uh, the WNBA. Now, but it makes me think a little bit. Remember when uh, the NBA got their big TV contract and the CBA exploded and then all of their salary, everybody's salaries went up, 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 up? Where's those salaries increases? Where's those bumps? In those salaries, because these are this is a big TV contract. That means they're gonna be on CBS and ABC and and ESPN and ESPN two. So pretty much, it's gonna get the same kind of coverage as March Madness and the same kind of coverage as uh not the same kind of coverage as NBA, but very similar coverage to March Madness. And that in itself, getting that kind of high level coverage, you're talking about. You're talking about a total of, uh, I believe it was 52 games is going to be broadcast. So that's 52 opportunities to go ahead and see your favorite players. That's 52 opportunities to get to know these players in the WNBA. Me, myself, I'm just like, I, I, I'm shaking because of it. I, I'm actually excited that my kids are going to get an opportunity to grow up watching women's basketball and men's basketball in such at a, such a high level and it's not going to be something that they're going to have to search for or we're going to have to go back and stream somewhere it's going to be something that's going to be right there on their uh regular programming and in my lifetime to see how that have grown just in my lifetime i think to myself and i'll be like man that is absolutely amazing that's absolutely amazing let's let's give a round of applause to the wnba and it seems like David Stern's vision of building that league and Kobe back in that league, it feels like their the, the legacy is really carrying on with uh, the news that's taking place lately. 
But you know what? I'm going to take a quick little break. We're going to be right back with some more ball court. We're going to be talking about, of course, LeBron. I haven't talked about him for the whole show yet. Wow, we went a whole 15 minutes without talking about LeBron. Ain't that crazy? So we'll be right back. Stick with us. My name is Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And it's ball court. I'll see you in a little bit. segment called a coach's look so we're going to take a coach's look at certain events that has taken place in basketball now everybody had heard about this i know because with the way my lakers has been playing this season it has been the talk of the town it has been talk of the country that lakers have slid they they might not make the playoffs there's talks that things are going in a bad direction but but there is a positive light. There is a silver lining. The silver lining is in year 19. LeBron James is absolutely amazing. I'm talking, he is a, out of this world. He's, he's, he's playing on a completely different planet. A matter of fact, against the Warriors just last week, LeBron James dropped 56 points in a, in a win. It was a comeback win. And I'm going to let you know, watching the Lakers games have been very hard for me. And this game was no different. It was, a, it was a struggle to watch it. But to see him come back in that fashion, I absolutely was, like, blown away. Now, here's my question for you when, I, when you take a look at these things. Is that 56-point game, is that going to be the turning point for the Lakers? Is that going to be the thing that turned things around and get them back, right, back on the right track? Because the way we're looking at it right now even Magic Johnson is actually speaking in on it and he's even stating that if if and I say with a big if because trust me we understand the culture of the Lakers is either all the is either championship or bust so if the 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 unspeakable happens and the Lakers is unable to make the playoffs I know I I shuddered when I said it too but Let's just say that happens and they're unable to make the playoffs. That Westbrook trade will go down as the worst trade in Lakers history. And let me tell you, I've seen some bad ones. There were some bad ones, but that will be the worst trade in Lakers history. Because I want to go ahead and take you back. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, we're going back in time now. So we're going back in the way back machine. And we're going to stop and we're going to take a, take a look back at that team. Yes, not the, not the 2022 Lakers. We're going to take a look at last year's Lakers. Last year's Lakers had Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, has, is, he, he produces. 
day in and day out and from the uh, perimeter. Not only does he do that, he's able to defend perimeter players and defend down low at a high level. So that means we gave up a high level of defense with satisfactory offensive production. Right, we gave up Montrez Harrell. Now, Montrez Harrell, don't get me wrong, he wasn't a huge contributor during that time, but you have to understand what he does. He grabs rebounds. He gives you second chance opportunities. He gives, he gives you a rest for your bigs. And when you have Anthony Davis, who's finessing you all day long, and you got somebody to come in like Montrez and just gonna turn around and just beat up on you and bully you and beat you down low, it. It, it holds a little weight. It puts your big man in trouble because now if you're in foul trouble from the finesse, now you can't get physical with Trez. Now, but on the other hand, on the other hand, if you're not even in foul trouble, if you're just tired of from chasing Anthony Davis around because he's a very mobile big, remember that. He plays outside, he plays inside, he's very mobile. And this is back when, before the injury. Now, if you're tired of just chasing him around, now you got to carry Trez's weight when he gets down because he's a very strong big. He's the type that's going to take you to the uh, take you to the rack, you know, and go hard every single time. That's what he's about. So without him, without Kuz, and adding in Westbrook. Now let's let's take a look at what Westbrook was known for before we added him in. He was known for a triple double, so that means he got rebounds, he got assists, and he got points. All right. We didn't need points. We had points. Assists, the ball's coming out of LeBron's hands. Hands down, it's coming out of LeBron's hands. And it should be because he's a great playmaker. He can set it up. He can see his, his basketball IQ is not matched. So the ball's coming out of his hands. So we don't need those assists. We would have kept the rebounds with Trez. You know? So when you take a look at that trade for Russell Westbrook, and I'm not saying that he is the reason for their downfall, but when you take a look at that trade, that trade in itself is going to go down as the worst trade in Lakers history, all for the simple fact that we gave up so much to not get anything back. Now, let's go ahead and fast forward. We're going to fast forward to just a few weeks ago, you know, when everybody was sitting in their home, sitting, uh, you know, with their fingers crossed, hoping that Rob Palenka was going to, was going to, he is going to pull the trigger and make a move. Now, we take a look at some of the moves that he could have made that probably would have righted the ship or at least made him appear that he was trying to do something to make things better. Now, and here's the reason why that this would have worked. Rob Palenka, if he wasn't, because uh, remember, he got pressured from Anthony Davis and LeBron James to pull back on the move that he was going to go ahead and make. And he ended up going after uh, Russell Westbrook. So now, the only way that he could have saved himself and actually turn around and make it appear as if the blame wasn't on him was he had to make a move during that before that trade deadline. The move that I felt would have been the, probably the best move for him to make, especially since he was worried about picks and giving up picks, the best move for him to make would have been to go with John Wall. They were looking for a trade. Asset for asset, no picks were involved. It would have been a clean trade. John Wall would have been able to add to what the Lakers were doing because he would have been now a big point guard, such as a LeBron, taking LeBron off the ball and, and allowing him to be effective other places. And a big, fast point guard like John Wall, who's explosive, is going to give you everything 
we were hoping for in Russell Westbrook. And a little more. Because he's a little bit more consistent of a three-point shooter. He's a little bit more consistent as a defender. So he's going to give you everything you was hoping for and more. And this right there would have made Rob Polinka look like, okay, I'm trying to do my best to right LeBron's wrongs. But without him making a move, now everything falls on Rob Polinka. Even the fact that uh, LeBron was the one who went ahead and went out there and uh, and actually made the and made the call. Even that made us realize why he was uh why it was coming off in that fashion and why it was coming off that way. All right, and that that right there blew my mind. That blew my mind immensely. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna take a quick little break, a quick little break, and I want to come back and I want to talk about the uh, basketball Africa League as well. And because right now, as far as the Lakers go. That whole thing is going, that's, that's spiraling out of control right now. So that, that's blowing my mind. It's spiraling out of control. We have to hold on for that. And hopefully, hopefully, that hug that uh, Steph, Steph Curry and LeBron James shared at that point is not the hug, meaning that he will be going over there. Hopefully. But we will see. I'll, I will take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more ball court. Welcome back to Ball Court. I'm your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And yes, like I said, it is the world of basketball. So we're going to be talking about basketball all over the world. Yes, basically, I'm going to jump in right now. Let's give a round of applause. Basketball Africa League is celebrating their second season. Uh, March 2nd, their second season had just begun and is actually getting off to a pretty decent start. It's going to be ending in, it's going to end in May. All right, so we what we want to do is make sure that you do get these games in, check them out. Now, here's 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 a couple of things that I want to speak about, you know, because a lot of people are think talking about the basketball Africa League and they're looking at it as if um as how does how is it going to work? Let me give you a little breakdown of how it works. Okay, so the Basketball Africa League, the teams have been split into two conferences. It's going to be the Sahara Conference and the Nile Conference. All right, the Sahara teams are going to be uh, Guinea, Morocco, Mozambique, Rwanda, Senegal, and uh, Tunisia. Uh, did I say that right? I, I don't think I did. All right. <laughs> and they're going to actually compete. Uh, against each other. They're going to go back and forth against each other until the 15th of March. All right? So that's going to be for about another week or so. And that's going to take place at Dakar Arena. And and that's where that's going to be happening. So just to give you a little bit of insight how it works. Now, the Nile teams. The Nile teams are going to be from Angola, Cameroon, uh, the, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Egypt, South Africa, and, and South Sudan. And they will play August 9th through the 19th. And that's going to be at uh, Cairo's Hassan Musafa Indoor Sports Complex. All right. Now, each conference's top four teams will qualify for the playoffs with a single elimination tournament. And finals is going to be in Kingali Arena on May 21st to the 28th. So that's how it's going to break down. So this is going to have kind of like a... Uh, uh, 
like an AAU March Madness type tournament effect to it. So I really like the breakdown because it's going to keep it exciting and keep it going where, you know, either win or go home, single game elimination. There's no, there's no series. There's no learning players. It's like, hey, here, here it is. We play against our conference. Top four goes to the next, goes to that next level. They play in the playoffs. Winner comes out, say they, say they run the Basketball Africa League. Hands down, I want to see these games. It sounds very exciting. One of the teams that I'm really looking forward to watching, first off, being for the fact that I grew up in the 90s, I want to see Angola. I want to see how much they've improved. I want to see if uh, the forefathers of that team sat them down and told them about the pictures that they took with the Dream Team before the Dream Team put a hurting on them and told them how to stay focused and get them ready for that next level. So I really want to see Angola play and play at a high level. South Africa's team actually was competing very well in the last Olympics and the last World Games. So I, I see that um, if they're using their national team or if it's just players from that team, I definitely feel that South Africa is going to really, you know, really put a hurt on this. It's, I, I, I think it's going to be big. But by the 15th of March, we should find out who's coming out of the Sahara the Sahara Conference. So we're gonna we're gonna find out what the top four teams coming out of there and who it looks like they'll be playing from the Nile Conference. So we'll keep you up to date on that. And that's the Basketball Africa League as part of the world of basketball. All right. Now I'm gonna go ahead and jump into uh, my next segment. This segment is a dear segment to me. This is called a word from our coach. Okay. Okay. Now, during this segment, what I like to do is uh, I like to focus on some of the things that being a high school athlete helps with recruiting and helps with moving forward and just being coachable as a youth, right? So the top three questions uh, athletes need to ask themselves. First, do my daily choices align with my goals? See, I, I have athletes question that about themselves because you have to stop and think. Everything you do is adding to your resume, not just as an athlete, but as a person. So when you stop and you look at things such as um, stuff that you post on social media or events that you would take place with your friends and places that you would go with your friends, these choices are adding. They, they're just thrown into your resume to what your future is going to be. A lot of people stop and we think about we think about ourselves. Look at your present life. Whatever your present life is, that is a uh, that is pretty much just the sum of all your choices that you made over the last 5 years. So if you're not happy with your present life, you have to change your choices. Now, if you have a certain goal for a life that you want, you have to make sure that all your choices and everything you do align with those goals in order to be successful. The five years down the road, the last thing that you want to do is have regret. All right. Number two, am I spending more time on self-entertainment than self-improvement? A lot of people I see on TikTok and on their phones and outside of building an image. And I definitely understand now that with the NIL and you could you can profit off your name, image, and likeness. Building an image on social media is valuable. But outside of doing so, if you're spending more time on self-entertainment, like movies, uh, watching TV, playing video games, things of that nature, 
more than self-improvement, more than getting into the gym and perfecting your game, then you are doing yourself a disservice. You become your best defender. You're the number one person that is going to stop you from reaching those goals. So your mindset has to be when you do anything that I'm spending more time improving myself than just entertaining myself. You know? Improvement is key, especially in everything you do. And if it's sports that you're looking to do, you definitely want to improve. Number three is do I appreciate the sacrifices of others that others makes for me? This is a key question you must ask yourself. Because you have to be able to sacrifice for others, but you have to understand what others have done for you. Whether it's your coaches, whether it's your parents, whether it's your teammates who've gone that extra mile, or even a teacher who decided to go ahead and give you a little extra leeway on your test or a report that you have to get in. You have to appreciate these sacrifices that others are taking for you to help you achieve your success. And by understanding those sacrifices, you will get closer to your level of success that you want to be at. So this was just a word from the coach. I want you to live with a purpose. Improve yourself and be thankful for everything that you do. You know, be thankful for everything that you have. You cannot attain more if you're not appreciative of what you have currently. And that goes for knowledge. That goes for skills. And that goes for life. All right? So. If you are in the local Las Vegas area or in the Phoenix area and you are looking to improve your game, definitely go to WilliamsNextLevelTraining.com and book a session. My name is Coach Drew. This is what we do. We make you better. I want to thank everybody for helping me make this broadcast today an absolutely phenomenal one. Of course, CWN Sports. You definitely do go to CWNSports.com and take a look at the and make sure that you have subscribed to the video. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on anywhere you find your podcast, either Google or Apple Podcast, because you want to make sure that every time I drop, every time you hit a ding on your notification, you know. The coach did his thing. He's giving us more information. He's giving us more insight. He's giving us another look at the world of basketball. And my name is Coach Drew. This is Ball Court, and it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. I'll see you next time. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.